Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You have tuned in to, well, really, the figurehead of the party of science, of real science here in America today, the host of Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am Todd Huff, and I do declare truth and speak firmly on matters of science in ways that the radical left could only dare pretend. And dream email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Thoughts, questions, feedback, and yes, always adoration and praise accepted at that email. Folks, it's good to be here today. I appreciate you joining us. And I want to start today. Where's my, there we go. I want to start today with a question. We've talked a little bit about this so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which I don't know if you saw this. I talked about this early on, earlier, I think this week. I think it was this week. Time goes so fast. But I think it was earlier this week. We talked about uh, the University of Pennsylvania and uh, UPenn's Wharton School of Business. They did research on the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. And at the time, I didn't see any numbers. I didn't see any actual figures. I just saw uh, a, a synopsis, a summary that said that the the university of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business found after studying this lie, this lie, right? The name of this bill is a is a lie or it's how about this? It is incredibly deceiving. There's so many things that's wrong with this that we'll piece uh, we'll parse today and talk uh, talk about and uh, elaborate upon, but it's not a- an accurate name. It's not an accurate name. So early on Earlier this week, I saw that report. I read it, and it said that even at the end of 10 years, at first, at first, actually, in the first couple of years, the Inflation Reduction Act was going to cause, according to science, according to academics, according to academics in academia, who candidly are run by, I mean, these things are run by leftists. So this environment produced a study you could say that is backed firmly by the science of economics and the science of statistical analysis and everything else this study showed that inflation would technically trickle up ever so slightly up the inflation reduction act would cause inflation to do the opposite of reduce it would cause it to increase now just slightly Statistically near zero, that's the point of this. And then after a couple of years, it would have a negative, I'm sorry, it would have a, a an actual reduction of inflation. So if you can picture a chart in your head, picture almost like a roof line. It goes up for two years, just slightly, and then it goes down for the remainder of the years, but just ever so slightly. In fact, the, the statisticians, the researchers, the academics at the Wharton 
School of Business at University of Pennsylvania said is statistically insignificant. And so that's all that I specifically knew until I was doing show prep for today. And the actual number, <laughs> oh my goodness, folks, the amount of lies and deceit we are, sub- which of course we know this, I understand that, but just think ab- about how brazen you have to be to be Joe Biden, to be Kamala Harris, to be anyone in that White House, that administration, to be Nancy Pelosi, to be Chuck Schumer, to be AOC, Rashida Tlaib, take on down the line. These folks who have sold this as something that's going to have magnificent effect on driving down inflation. The actual number, the actual number is 0.33%. And that won't even happen until 2031. Plus, when you factor in that Nine times out of ten, they these research the research that's done it misses the mark. It's actually so. For example, whenever we first see economic numbers, this happened in the first quarter of this year. The first initial numbers for the first quarter of GDP growth was one point four. Then there was a rev- negative negative one point four percent growth in the first quarter of twenty twenty two. Then the second revised number was negative one point five. So it actually moved in the wrong direction, if you will, a tenth of a percent. Then what they call the, what do they call it? The real GDP, the actual GDP, when they calculated it, guess what? I'll leave you a guess as to what happened. Do you think that number stayed the same, it improved, or do you think it got worse? I'll, I'll pause here to let you really ponder this for a moment. Of course, it was worse. So then it went to negative 1.6. So part of the, the I mean, Part of the statisticians are are probably just saying to themselves, hey, let's not study this again because when we go back and look at the numbers a fourth time, it's probably going to be negative 1.7 once we factor in just how terrible this is. So this is the nature of of how this actually works. The same thing typically happens with job numbers. Economists predict this and there's going to be this many thousands of jobs or whatever uh, next month or whatever, and then the numbers come down and you know, experts are shocked. Experts miss the mark constantly. This is a constant refrain, a constant theme. This is predictable. This is something you can almost set your calendar by. This happens on a nonstop, ongoing basis. And so in in nine years, the Re- Inflation Reduction Act, over a period of nine years, is going to reduce inflation by 0.33%. And folks, if you think that someone's just saying those numbers to badmouth Biden in the White House and the left, it's wrong. You're wrong because there is, I'm looking here at an article from the postmillennial.com, individual by the name of Jesse Lee. He's a senior advisor to communications for the National Economic Council. So this is someone who's in the Biden administration, the Biden uh, bureaucracy. This fella named Jesse Lee on Twitter actually admits this. I'm looking at the tweet right here. Somebody tweets out, Eric Wasson, 
Apologies if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. He tweets out, Inflation Reduction Act. Mark Zandi, chief economist of Moody's Analytics, which now is a different. I've talked about the UPenn Wharton School of Business. Now, this is another group of economists. This is Mark Zandi with Moody's. Concludes a tax, energy, and health care proposal from Senators Chuck Schumer and Joe Manchin would lower the consumer price index by 0.33% by 2031. So off the top, I said we're being lied to. I guess technically we're being told the truth because it, if these numbers are correct, technically they've brought them down. But if just like they brought down the price of gasoline, it's not just like the, the gasoline situation, but it's similar. With gasoline, they drive it up by their ridiculous policies their overwhelmingly destructive red tape, their animosity towards the free market. And, of course, there's other factors. I'm not saying Ukraine is not a factor, but it's not the only factor. All those things together drive gas prices up to $5.01 nationwide in whenever it was, June, I think. They didn't have anything to do with that. We've gone through this extensively. They didn't have anything at all to do with any of that. But the second it starts coming down, a fraction of a percent, I mean, the tiniest bit, suddenly we're supposed to applaud Obama, I'm sorry, Biden and the administration. Applaud them. This is wonderful stuff. And it's still higher than it was when he inherited it, right? And again, I'm not implying that the president has some button that can control the price of gasoline. That is not true. But to say that policies and the, you know, uh, things like drilling, things like pipelines, things like taxes, things like bureaucracy, things like regulations on trucks that are going to be transporting fuel, all these things, you factor those all together. And then just the general, I guess, attitude of the political party in power towards free markets, towards the economy, towards well, capitalism in general, if there is if there is fear and uncertainty in the side of the private sector, which there is, then all those things obviously have an impact on price. But just like they told us with gas prices, they had nothing to do with bringing them up. They only had something to do with bringing them down, just as Dwight K. Schrute raises his blood pressure in order to lower his blood pressure if you used to watch The Office. This is the kind of silly nonsense that we're, that we're being fed every day. I did a, just an episode maybe yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Where we talked about we're being, we're being deceived about everything. Everything is being redefined. And I went through a not even anywhere near an extensive list, just examples of the stuff that we are constantly lied about or lied to about, right? It's, it's a never-ending battle. I went through it, and again, there's plenty of examples from gender to marriage to what an assault weapon is, to, I mean, I went through a lot, a lot yesterday. You can listen to yesterday's episode. But this is what they do. And now, now they're calling this so-called Inflation Reduction Act, the science has proven, (laughs) the science has proven that the best the Democrats can come up with is shaving 0.33% off of inflation in the next nine years total, um, that that is the conglomerate score. That's what's the word I want to I want to use. That, that that's the total. That's the when it's all said and done. The bottom line over that period of time is 
0.33%. Does that seem like to you, I mean, if you work in a business, you work at a company, you work at a, I don't know, a school, just, I'm just thinking if, if you did a presentation, if you're a salesperson, I mean, there's so many people that might be doing these meetings internally, these presentations, you go to a client, someone in, you know, your company so that you can pitch a new idea or try to get, you know, the company to invest money in this particular area to grow something in the, in the business, whatever. And you go to them and you say, Hey, this is, I'm going to call this presentation. The let's have an enormously successful 2022 plan. And the owners and the, you know, the, the executives all get together. They say, we'd love to hear it. What's give us a, a snapshot of where you're going to take us over the next, over the next 10 years. Well, that's the best part. In the next 10 years, I'm going to increase profits by 0.33%. Do you think for a moment that anyone in that room is going to look favorably or seriously or upon what you're saying? It, it would honestly be, it would, for many people, for many successful business folks, they would probably stop you right there and say, Say, do not waste my time over something that really is tr- actually a rounding error. These are rounding errors, my friends. This is this is beyond insignificant. But yet, it's enough for the left to think that they're going to call this bill the Inflation Reduction Act. What I want you to know is this is the best they can do. They tell us by the name of this piece of legislation what their intended purpose is, and they're going to reduce inflation. It's in the name. Now, I know that some leftist, some woke radical leftist here in probably the next five minutes is going to redefine all these terms per, again, as I talked about on yesterday's program. They're going to redefine what all these terms mean. But the truth is, we know what inflation means. Inflation means government produces more money than value that has been produced in the economy, making your current dollars worth less. They're not completely worthless. Not yet. We're heading in that direction. (laughs) But they are worth less because government put too many dollars into the market, into the economy. Reduction, well, reduction means to to make smaller. So this bill, this act is supposed to take the amount of inflation, which is measured here by the consumer price index, there's an actual figure, a number, right? The last one was what, 9.1%. They're telling us they're going to take that 9.1% and make it, what does that come out to? Uh, that'd be nine or 8.79%. So this bill would effectively take inflation from 9.1% to 8.79%. I forgive my math. I'm doing it on the fly here, but I think that's right. Um, 8.77%, I guess. In the next nine years, does that seem like that even means anything? It does to the left. And just the, what the, the takeaway here, the lesson here, what I want everyone to know and understand is that even when they name their piece of legislation for a specific purpose, the best they can do when it comes to something economical or really when it comes to anything in reality, the best they can do, the absolute, this is the best and the brightest and the 
all the these are the experts, the experts that tell you how to live your life and when to do this and when to do that and when not to do something and how often you should think about something and who you should vote for and all this stuff. These experts, the best they can come up with in nine years is reducing our inflation rate by 0.33%. I, whoo, I, I think they need a round of applause because that is just life-changing. At least that's what they want you to think. He admits it. The senior advisor to communications for the National Economic Council, Jesse Lee, tweeted out and said this is actually the overwhelming consensus, basically saying, Someone in Biden's team admitting on Twitter that, yeah, we all know that this is the consensus, overwhelming consensus. This is what everyone's calculated. These are what all the economists have come up with, 0.33% over nine years. And we're, again, supposed to believe that they can make meaningful changes in temperatures around the planet when you have countries like China, who Nancy Pelosi is trying to start a war with, and you have places like Iran, North Korea, Russia, all these people. We live on the same planet. Newsflash to the Democrats in Congress who always want to punish the United States. But this is the best they can do when it's when it's something that is simply within well, under the under the control of governmental policy. We don't have to depend on anyone else to cooperate to determine what our inflation rate is. This is the best they can come up with. This is what the experts can do, my friends. This is the best they can do. I just want to hammer that home because so many of these folks believe that the experts hold all the answers. The experts hold stupid, stupid things like this right here. This is this is laughable. They, anyone who is involved in creating or passing this bill should never... Ever. They, they have permanently disqualified themselves, no matter what their ideology. They have permanently disqualified themselves from having any... They should not be taken seriously on anything pertaining to economics ever again unless they basically admit failure for this. This is ridiculous. The best they can do, my friends. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. <laughs> Just think I was talking to Oz during the break. Now, this is not a perfect, uh, perfect analogy because we're talking about uh, shaving off percentage points. But just, just as a, just as a way of what I want to say, um, just kind of making, making a point. Let's say you're a two hundred pound, two hundred pound guy, and you say I want to shave off. 0.33% of my body weight. Um, that, my friends, is like two-thirds of a pound. And they're partying over this. That's like not drinking water for a day. <laughs> or, you know, th- this is... And again, it's not a perfect analogy because we're talking about, um, you know, shaving 0.33% off of a 9.1% inflation rate. So it's not it's not comparing apples to apples, but it's still... It's still Statistically insignificant is the point. That is that is the point. And what makes this even more interesting to me, I don't know if you've seen this, um, hotair.com, Ed Morrissey, this was yesterday, headline, Skeptical Cinema, referring to Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema, 
is, quote, taking my time on reconciliation calls. So this this is all part of the reconciliation process. process. So this, this process, which Chuck Schumer staffers found, um, what, last year, I guess, that Democrats can do this basically all the time. In the past, we thought it was really once a year, but now Chuck Schumer and his sleuth of uh, just brilliant behind-the-scenes analysts found things that none of us had ever seen before. And now there's additional times that we could have these attempts to do reconciliation bills because what that does is that prevents the Senate rules, which include the filibuster, from coming into play. So it's strictly a simple majority uh, required to pass this sort of legislation. (laughs) Assuming the parliamentarian says that everything that's in the bill actually meets the requirements. This is kind of complicated. But if the parliamentarian, the rule, the one that's supposed to be following the rules, making sure that the Senate is following the rules of all these things, of reconciliation, um, and of course what constitutes something that can be in a reconciliation bill versus something that has to go before the Senate and the full uh, rules process. You might remember in the past, Democrats wanted to... I think was it increase I think it was increase the minimum wage. They wanted to to put into a piece of a reconcil their last reconciliation bill which seems to be thankfully thankfully about the only radical or out of control bills that they're able to pass because they can't get anything done before the full Senate because of the filibuster but the last time they did this or one of the last times they included uh, raising the minimum wage but the parliamentarian who's a non-biased interpreter of rules and there's technical you know technical explanations as to what qualifies for something that can be in this legislation the parliamentarian said no you can't do you can't raise the minimum wage through reconciliation and so they've gone through these negotiations and and Joe Manchin has been pretty much against any of these sorts of bills because because of inflation because of inflation, because of inflation. Now, Joe Manchin's on board, who they hate. The radicals hate Joe Manchin. Remember, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. these are the people that the radical left follow into parking garages. Uh, they followed Kirsten Cinema into the bathroom. Probably, I mean, I was waiting for one of them to try to, to give her a swirly or to toilet paper her house. They're just, they're just trying to intimidate and coerce and get these so-called moderates again they're these kirsten cinema and joe manchin are in very complicated political situations because they want to continue to win elections but these following radical leftist ideas and philosophies are candidly they're not popular they're not popular Really, with anyone, but in in their states. I mean, Trump won West Virginia, wasn't it by like forty points or some such thing? And Joe Manchin, a Democrat, also won. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense until you understand the types of politicians that these this, these folks are. And I'm mentioning mentioning Kirsten Cinema because, again, as the headline says, she she's apparently taking her time on deciding as to whether or not. She's going to support this. Now, I'm not necessarily hopeful. I'm not necessarily hopeful that the parliamentarian will take away some of this 
piece, you know, some of this legislation saying it's it can't be in this bill. I don't know if that'll happen. It's it's less than likely, but I would think that there's definitely things that qualify to be legitimately. It could be argued that they shouldn't be, but that's be you know be that as it may. I'm also not overly confident that Cinema is going to oppose this. But what if she does? Can you imagine they? When they got the news that Manchin, the radical left in the media, you know they were they were hating on Joe Manchin. Then suddenly Joe Manchin says, "Hey, I think I might I'm on board with this. It's time for us to to spend more money to stop inflation, which is exactly the wrong thing to do. But anyway, he's he did that. He got the praise of these media types and the leftists and so forth. And now we're getting headlines here." <laughs> That says Kirsten Cinema. They're, they're going to lose their minds if she actually comes out and says she can't support this, or some core component of this. Which again, I'm not predicting, but my oh my, can you just imagine? Even when they they try to bend and manipulate all these rules, this is how they have to get it done. Do not think that we as conservatives have an ideology that is not popular. We absolutely. They have the ones, let's put it this way, they ha- they're the ones with the ideology that are that is not widely accepted. People are not radical leftists. In fact, they're often tricked, either, I say tricked, but they are, they are pushed into voting for some of these candidates because of single issue. They're single issue voters. They're not radical leftists. They might be conservative in nine out of ten things, but they're really, the most important issue to them is something that the left owns, be it abortion for them for these particular voters, be it abortion or I don't know. There's there's plenty uh, gun control, whatever. Um. So this is not what's popular for aver- for, for the average American person. This is not a good thing. And Kirsten Cinema would be well advised to to think long and hard about this. So would Joe Manchin. So candidly, with any Democrat who has to go back to a state that has a lick of common sense, which that, of course, leaves out the People's Republic of California and other leftist states and so forth. But anyway, timeout is in order. But what would happen? What's going to happen if she actually decides, Kirsten Cinema, to not support this? They will be howling at the universe yet again, my friends. Quick timeout. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. Be advised, listening to this program can cause you to lean to the right. So use extra caution when operating vehicles, heavy machinery today, If you're listening to this program and driving, be extra safe. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Again, this is the name of the game. Name of the game here for the left, for the Democrat Party today, which is run by the left. And I look, if you're a Democrat, an average rank and file Democrat, union Democrat, teacher, uh, even, I would even say a, a, well, not a a classical liberal, because that's actually limited government kind of conservative stuff, but someone who's a modern-day traditional liberal, you and I have more in common than the radical left than you do. You and the average conservative have more in common than you and the radical left do because they have lost, they have lost whatever bit of sense may have existed in their 
in their movement. Of course, radical leftism never made any sense, but before they got that extreme, you know, there may have been some things that we could at least see where they were coming from. We've lost that that point. I mean, when they are cheering, when they are when they are naming legislation, naming legislation to do a particular thing, and the best it can do is 0.33% in 9, 10 years, how on earth, my friends, how on earth, my friends, is that anywhere near reality, anywhere near truth? And that's really, as we went through yesterday and other times with this program, that's really what the battle is about here. It's about truth, it's about worldview, and it's about it's just it's being waged on the political political battlefield. So I want to mention really quickly in this segment. I want to mention in this segment, um, especially since she was from our state. Yesterday, in a tragic two car accident, as I understand it, Representative Jackie Walorski died. Um, in an in a accident, everyone in both vehicles, as I understand it, a total of four people, including her, um, had an accident near, well, in Elkhart County, um, which is northern Indiana. That's here in central, I don't know, probably two and a half hours north of here, central Indiana area. So it's up near, for those of you who aren't in this this area, it's up near Michigan. But um, tragic. Tragic. America has lost a, a member um, of Congress. So that's that's sad. And you know what what's what's terrible to me is that you know how how quickly how quickly the takes come in. And I don't know if it's happened with this one. She's not. She wasn't a representative or a politician who drew the ire like say obviously a Trump does does or did and does. But there are so many times that as soon as someone dies, and it happens look, it happens on on both sides. It happens on both sides and it needs to it needs to stop. You you hear people cheering or you'll hear people it's disgusting and sickening. But you'll hear people say in the case of, you know, when Ivana uh, Trump passed away. People said, wrong Trump. When Trump's, some other, I can't remember which relative it was of Trump's, another Trump family member passed away. And the t- trending on Twitter was wrong Trump. People literally cheering for the death of politicians. We need to we need to focus on the death of bad ideas, the metaphorical death of bad ideas. It's never personal for me. I hope it's never personal. I know for many of you it's not. But I hope it's never personal for anyone. Um, it's personal in the sense that it affects our personal lives, but not, I mean it's never to destroy someone personally or to cheer. I don't take any pleasure, for example, when Joe Biden demonstrates clearly um, some, I mean, dementia, clearly. I don't think there's any disputing this. I don't take pleasure in that. I don't want to see that be used as a as a weapon to destroy that I don't like that I I mean it needs to be we have to be able to communicate about it we have to be able to say hey 
not a good thing, just for the record, to have a president who is suffering symptoms that I would certainly say could be argued very strongly are, you know, based in dementia or related to dementia or whatever. Um, we have to be able to have that. But to take joy and pleasure, and again, I'm not suggesting it's happened with this. I'm just saying that it has happened. It happens more than I care, I care to admit. So we should focus on taking down these bad ideas. But when something tragic like this happens, surely, I like to hope anyway, that people can say that this is this is sad, regardless of your political affiliation, regardless of your ideology, regardless about what you think about Roe versus Wade or constitutional conservatism or Christianity, which she uh, was a was a Christian. Regardless of any of those things, whether you share the beliefs or have the beliefs that are antithetical to all those, surely to heaven, this country hasn't gotten to a place where we can't just mourn the sad loss of someone who was a representative in this great, great nation. So I just want to take a moment to recognize her passing, especially since she was from my home state, not not my representative or anything. She's from the northern part, uh, but it's it's sad and it's tragic, and I just, um, too many times these things become become political, um, and it's, it's unfortunate because, what again, what needs to be defeated are bad, terrible, deceitful ideas, not the destruction of an actual individual. Justice, sure. Truth being spoken, absolutely. But cheering for the destruction and suffering of another human, I just, I, it, that's pretty low, my friends. And again, it hasn't happened here to my knowledge yet. I hope it doesn't, but it has happened in recent times, especially when someone's last name is Trump. So quick time out is in order. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. <laughs> My friends, you know, there's a lot of other things I have on this in the stack of stuff to get to. I don't have time to get to anything but one one more. And for the sake of time, for the sake of time, I'm going to have to pick one that's that's quick. Some of these take more time to get into. But I want to talk really quickly in the time that we have remaining. Governor Ron DeSantis, who I I am a fan of Ron DeSantis. I like his conservative principles and values. I like his willingness to fight. I like his willingness to take on the media. I like it. I like I like that he is not playing as I've a phrase a phrase that I've coined on this program is conservative or excuse me, is prevent offense. Republicans, unfortunately, when they have power, for those of you who are football fans, you'll you'll know what I mean. And if a team gets the ball in a football game at the end of the first half or at the end of the game, and there's just a few, a little bit of time left, the defense, the defense will often back way up, right? And it's called a prevent defense. They'll let you get 15 or 20 yard chunks before you even have someone come close enough to tackle you because they are banking on the reality you don't have enough time to get down the field by taking chunks of t- uh, chunks of yards like that. You have to get an 80-yard play. You don't have time to get four 20-yard plays. Let's say that like that. 
Well, I think Republicans do it worse, if you will, um, on offense. We play prevent offense, which isn't a term for football, but if you can imagine the same concept on the offensive side, we get the ball, the metaphorical ball. We have control of the agenda and so forth. We don't right now, by the way, but should we win the midterm and control the House and possibly the Senate as well? Um, I'll start asking if we're going to play prevent offense because that is something that we have been known to do. And what that means is we snap the ball. We have the we have all the ball. We're, we're on offense. And we might have a razzle-dazzle play, but at the end of the play, we don't advance the ball any. We're basically just taking a knee and kneeling it. And that's what Republicans do in many cases, and it drives me nuts. DeSantis does not do that. Listen to DeSantis talking about what he thinks should happen to doctors who take extreme measures on children to change their physical bodies uh, all in the name or under the guise of helping them find their gender identity. Listen to this. Talk about these very young kids getting gender-affirming care. They don't tell you what that is, is they're actually giving very young girls double mastectomies. They want to castrate these young boys. That's wrong. And so we've stood up and said, both from the health and children well-being perspective, you know, you don't disfigure 10, 12, 13-year-old kids uh, based on gender dysphoria. 80% of it resolves anyways by the time they get older. So why would you be doing this? I think these doctors need to get sued for what's happening. I'm sorry. Well, you shouldn't be sorry for that. I, I will say that. But he's right. And too many times, too many times, too many Republicans, too many conservatives are afraid to go quite that far right because at the end of the day though my friends we this is this there's examples of this happening where young children their bodies are i mean being mutilated and changed permanently or at least changed in ways that's drastic and very uh, just physically life-altering and there's tremendous consequences for that for that child and so forth and desantis is saying why are we letting this go why are we letting this sort of stuff go without being aggressive? I think these folks should be sued for basically doing something that's well outside the bounds of what should be done in a logical sense. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. Folks, that is all of the time, unfortunately, that we have today. Lots of other things in the stack of stuff, and... Of course, when we get to Friday, Friday's a day, again, it depends on what happens in the news between now and then, but typically what that translates into is we catch up on some of these things that we might not have gotten to, or we elaborate on some things that maybe we weren't able to talk about as much as we as we wanted, but there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff happening, especially as we move towards election season. You can always catch old episodes, encore episodes of the program by going back and checking out our podcast. But I've got to go today, folks. Thanks so much for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.